Welcome to another week of Journey with yours truly, Michael, and yourself, Ryan. Yourself, Ryan. Myself, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. I'm not. I'm just not used to the intro, man, because you always do it. So it's like you throw me in the mix. And I'm I like, do. Like, oh, panic. Keeping you on your toes. That's all good. Welcome to another week. We've got a a strong topic this week, and it's something that we are. Well, we all face on a daily basis. We all know it's going to happen. And how can we use that to motivate ourselves to be more present, to to know what the outcome, the ultimate outcome is, so we can actually drive our own life? Totally. Death. Death. That's what we're talking about today. Mm-hmm. Not morbidly, though. I like that pun. <laughs> <laughs> so death, man. What's uh? I mean, you you. Ever since I've known you, you've had a had a. I guess strong affiliate affiliation to, yeah. to to death. Yeah, I have. Like the the very first um, kind of philosophy that I started to learn and, and, and go down the rabbit hole was uh, was stoicism, and that was the first time where I. It was actually a, a a YouTube video that just popped up on my Facebook actually, and it was like just like a, an education video and it was just about different philosophies and this one was about stoicism and I ended up just watching it and it was the first time that a, that a philosophy kind of spoke to me mm. and it was the first time that I was like, okay, I'm interested in, in kind of going because I never learned about philosophy at school or anything like that and, and the way that I saw the world was how I saw the world and, and so this was quite cool. So this would have been about five years ago and so I started to, to study it, move down it um, and just kind of learning that the, the basic precipice of all the principles of Stoicism was basically memento mori, like, you know, remember you are going to die. And, and Marcus Aurelius, who was a great Roman emperor, um, you know, wrote his memoirs called Meditations. And that was one of the very first philosophy books I read. And uh, I read it a couple of times, and it was a great thing to pick up. And it was just so beautiful to, to learn about the way that these people back in ancient times used to kind of celebrate and see the world and in a non-religious aspect of it. However, there was lots of religious aspect to it. And yeah, and ultimately, I mean, if you want to talk about what they did, they used to like carry around pictures of their dead brethren, you know, just to ultimately give themselves the reminder that they will die. They know that that's going to happen. So use that to help you be more present right now because there's nothing, you know, anything that you're going through is not going to be any, you know, not anything bigger than what that will be. So it helps you kind of be right here. And, and so that was that, that's, that's where I kind of learned that and went down that and it really made a lot of sense to me. And so, yeah, like I, I went down reading the, the, the meditations book and, and, you know, various other stoic philosophers and, and, uh, and, and it helped me kind of draw me into just like, all right, well, there's, there's, there's more about various things I can learn. And, I mean, I even had a Memento Mori ring for a while. Mm. Um, I painted a picture. It's, it's in my room. And, uh, and, and it's, just a nice, it's just a nice reminder that, yeah, remember you were going to die. Mm. You know, so whatever is here and now. It, it, it's, it's fine. Mm. And it's a, it's a beautiful aspect because it's like... It can relate to physical death, but then it can can also relate to the death of self. 
Correct. You know, because it can relate to the physical buying, physical body actually leaving this world and our soul moving on to the next, whatever there is afterwards, depending on what you believe in, or it is that physical death, you know. Yeah. We are constantly dying because we are constantly killing aspects of ourselves, you know. Who we once were is not who we are now, yeah. and it's not going to be who we are tomorrow. Mm. And it's, there's, there's such beauty in that. And then, and then all, you know, obviously going down the route of our, of our rebirthing study, and, and death is a big part of that, and, and actually... One of the facets of rebirthing is physical immortality, and that's one weekend yet to use. And it's not to the aspect of the fact that you know that you are going to live forever. It's 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 actually just moving into that realm of what if mm. that was the case. Mm. You know, what would you do with your time? What would you do here and now? Mm. And and then our teachers, you know, they brought the concept that that still sticks with my mind of having living deaths. And I'd never really heard of that before. And and then obviously they talked about going through this deep process of like you just spoke about of killing aspects of the self or the old self or parts of your ego and and um, and, and rebirthing the new or remembering the old hmm. and so just getting the stuff out of the way yep. that's, that's stuck within your nervous system yeah and those ideas and concepts are draped all throughout philosophy hmm. you know, um, the idea that the goal in life is to have many deaths before you actually stop breathing mm. or the idea that a man never steps into the same river twice mm. you know not not only does the river change and it moves along but also the person or the man that's stepping into the river also changes yeah mm. and change is the only constant that we that we have here mm. it, it really is and so this is why death is a big part of my life and i think what's really interesting as well is that physically it's been a part of my life for my whole life as well mm -hmm. you know I've shared about you know the story of my brother dying when I was five um, before that um, my sister Diane she um, she had a, a twin that was born and stillborn you know a, a few days later uh, her name was Jennifer and and so going through that so I would have probably been about three maybe three or four um, and then there's another aspect there was a family friend of ours um, and she, her name was Eve, actually. She was, lived in Hastings, and she, um, she died of AIDS, actually. And it was huge news throughout New Zealand, and, and her family, well, her mum knew my mum, and, and dad was a cop at the time down there, and, and kind of, I remember, we had moved away from Hastings, and we were driving back for his funeral, and I remember mum asking, hey, do you want to, like, see Eve when you get there? Um, and I probably would have been about six or seven, maybe. And I remember just sitting there thinking, and I was like, no, I don't, you know, but still just surrounded by it uh, at such an early age. And that's why on our rebirthing course, that weekend of the death weekend was, was one of my biggest triggers. Like mm. that was, that was the time I was like, I'm not coming back the next day. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, because they were, they were pushing the, you can live forever physical mortality. And like the story that I've known is like, no, everything dies, mm. you know? And, and, and so that's what really pushed some really edges for me. Uh, to look at it like that, and so I guess that the, the 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 affinity with it is is because I have just been so early on been surrounded by it. Mm. Yeah, as as for me, it was actually complete opposite when we went into that weekend of physical mortality because the idea that there's a potential that we can live forever actually gave me the concept that time is unlimited, mm. you know, that I don't need to rush uh, because you know death is a choice. Correct, mm. and then and then the concept we learned there is every death was a suicide. Yeah, and I, I like, I was like, what? Fuck no, <laughs> fuck you. Know? you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It literally was like fuck you, and 
and the more and more I've gone down the the route of in healing and self and all of that, it's it's for me it, that is an opinion now I hold mm. is that every death is a suicide at some level you've called it in, totally. you've called in your death, mm-hmm. and that may trigger some people listening to this thinking fuck you Mike you know whatever, and that's okay. I'm not here to try and get you to believe that, no. but at some level. There's, you've, you've called in your death. Mm, either consciously or subconsciously or based on past experiences in this life or, or the last or even when it comes to like ancestral lineage mm. and, and people picking up similar conditions as, as their parents, you know, or, or living through similar traumas, you know, mm. essentially that energy is, is, is passed on or still sitting within the body and unless you're actually doing the work to move through it and like really ultimately looking after yourself like physically, mentally, psychosomatically, energetically, Ultimately, it's just going to call it in. Mm. I reflected. I've reflected on on a um, on a bad car crash that I was in once. I, I was uh, I would have been seventeen, mm. sixteen or seventeen. And it was a Sunday night, and um, I was in my flat. And we had a few friends around, and and uh, we were all making sushi. And this is when we still went to video shops to go pick up DVDs and things. So um, me and me and my friend at the time. Uh, we jumped in his like souped up little Toyota Starlet, you know, like we had fucking powerful cars mm. when we were way too young for them. <laughs> and um, so we went and got the, the DVDs and we're driving back and, you know, showing off and all that sort of shit. And we're driving, you know, it was a 50k road and, uh, and the cop came this way and he clocked us at 120. And instead of slowing down, I was like, oh man, like slow down. Instead of slowing down, he's dropped down and sped up and he tried to take this long corner and being a front wheel drive turbo, it kind of like lifted up the front wheels and we drifted across and and went 180 into a parked car. Mm. And that car went and rode off another van. Um, The reason I'm sharing the story is because in that, uh, and I've I've revisited this moment many times, um, I remember coming up, I knew it was happening. Everything kind of slowed down. I just shut my eyes and then it happened and then all of a sudden I just found myself outside the car. And I'd gotten out of the car somehow I don't know, and I just kind of like came to. I couldn't breathe because I was so badly winded and the, the police guy, the police officer had already turned around and, and chased us and pulled up and he just kind of looked at me and then I could hear, um, hear the guy in the car and he's all crumpled in there and, and, and everything like that. But the reason I'm sharing the story is... As bad as that was in that little tiny car and as, and, as, and as hard as that was that we hit, nothing happened to me. I hit my head, I had to carry around a little notebook for about three or four months because I couldn't retain uh, new memories. So if I had a conversation with someone, I had to write it down if I wanted to remember that and I'd just you know, reflect on it later on. And, and I just had these like belt burns through my chest and across my belly. And I was wearing this brown jacket, and I had hit it so hard it melted the jacket onto onto the seatbelt. Now, if that's not a uh, an advertisement to wear your seatbelt every day, I don't know what is. But um, but the ambulance came. The other guy had to get cut out of the car. I was just sitting in the ambulance, and uh, they took me to the hospital and got into there. And the ER nurse was like, "That's I've been here twenty years, and that's the worst seatbelt mark I've ever seen." Mm. And yet you don't have whiplash. Mm-hmm. Yet you don't have anything else. Mm-hmm. And the times that I've gone back to to that moment, and, and a couple of other times within my life where I've been in a similar life and death situation, 
going back in it through the breath and plant medicines or whatever, whatever the, the processes that I'm sitting with, it, even in meditation, there wasn't a part of me that wanted to die. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a part of me that was like, yep, time to go. Mm-hmm. There wasn't. And it was, uh, it was a miracle. Like it just, it just was. But there wasn't a part of me that called that in. Like I've got lots of life to live. My, my time around here, my karma here was not ending at that point. And there's another time that I was on a river and I got caught down the rapids and, and I was only young. I was out, um, I was out uh, camping with some family friends and, and, and my mate who was a neighbor, he was older, he had to jump in and, and grab me, but he had to like push me down and I was almost drowning. But again, miracle happened. I just kind of like slipped out and went to the side and, and, I was, and I was okay. And I don't hold any trauma from them either, which is really interesting. Like I've shared that, that, that story, but there's, there's not a lot of trauma that was, was held from there. It was super interesting, man, for mm-hmm. such a traumatic experiences. Um, and so that's why I know like I'm, I'm, I'm here to live and I'm here to, to do my shit. And, um, and we've got another friend of ours, Ruben, which we'll have him on here. And just listening to his death stories as well about him and his craziness of the things that he's done. Mm. And so there's no part of him that, that, that is there calling in death as well. Totally. So, uh, yeah, I, I feel that in, in myself and, and, and that's just my experience of it. Yeah, totally, man. Um, it's interesting. I, like, even reflecting upon my life, I, I haven't actually had many near-death experiences. Not many at all. Mm. I've put myself in some dangerous situations, but none, none that have like got to that point, mm. which is interesting. So it's like, for me personally, it's like I have never been calling it in. Yeah. Not even a, not even a little bit. I've, I've been in many incidents, but like never even broken a bone or yeah. never even been close to that point, um, which is just inter- interesting to reflect on realistically. Oh, it is. Mm. And that's what that's it's ultimately what we're here to talk about is just that's not a scary thing. Like it, it's just. You know, the society that we live in is addicted to death. Totally. You know, and that's just the, the way that our, our, our reptilian and frontal lobal systems of our brain work. Right? Mm. For a lot longer than we've been in modern society, we've yeah. had to, you know, be listening for things in the dark that might fucking kill us. Yeah. You know, so why do you think the news is so, so prevalent still? Because everybody's addicted to negative things that, that, that boost your, give so you those happy chemicals. We, we, we avoid the conversation around it, but ultimately we su- surround ourselves with the negativity of it. Oh, there is. Yeah, because there's, there's a lot to, well, there's a lot to entice people in, you know. Uh, a negative situation is going to be remembered far more than, than the positive ones, you know. So that's essentially, ultimately, how, how the media uses it to control us. Right? Mm. And then movies, I mean, there's, there's somebody, you know, apart, if, it's, if it's not a, a rom-com or something like that, but even then, there might still be a, a tragic death of a lover or something like mm-hmm. that. You know, there's, there's death everywhere. It's everywhere. Yeah. Uh, but yet, it's it's something that that's like, oh, for most people, like, let's not talk about that. Let's not yeah. let's avoid that because yeah. it's just too hard to to think about. It or um, and so I think having the, the, this conversation can hopefully help you listening just to think of it in a different light and use it and alchemize it into your life to be much more present and then to understand about having living deaths. And I think living deaths as well, I think uh, the term ego death has, has been thrown around too simply and like understanding ego is, is that it's a protection mechanism for ourselves, and it does a very, very good job. Um, we're not here to try and kill our ego. It's not what it's about. It's actually the ego is us. It's, 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 it's one of the third or three us's within ourselves. So having trying trying to you know kill your ego isn't isn't the the process. It's actually just the traumas within the self that the ego's re, 
protecting you from. Mm. Or, or they, they, they have created an identity. Yes. Yeah, or created a story you know, that, that ultimately has formed the idea of who you are. Because you know, yeah. that idea is always shifting. That idea is always shifting. Yeah. It's beautiful because Stoicism isn't really something that I'd, I'd personally ever come across. Um, for me, most of the philosophy that I like delved into or fell into when I was on my, my, on my path was more around Hinduism, was more around Buddhism, and Ramdas was one of the, the teachers that I used to follow a lot. Like when I first came back from India, like his podcast was just on repeat. Everywhere. Mm. I probably didn't listen to music for, for probably a year. Every time I was driving somewhere, I'd just listen to a Ramdas podcast. Um, and, and for him, that idea of death is merely just part of the journey. Yeah. You know, all we're doing is walking each other home. Mm. You know, and, and even when it, when it comes to death and the loss of a loved one, it's, it's, it's not even about the person that has died, it's actually just our own attachment to the person that has died. You yeah, know, it's like the, the the loss and suffering that we create because of the identity and association we have with someone. But if you have that idea that like all we're doing is walking each other home, then you can accept the fact that it's inevitable. You know, inevitably someone is going to die. Inevitably someone is going to lose an aspect of themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, you even see it when it comes to. Um, this is something that Ramdas always used to talk about was uh, like dementia patients. Yeah. You know, ultimately for them, every day is a new day. But the pain that comes from it is, is, is the loss that other people have around the identity and the stories that this other person should remember about their life. Mm. You know? um, so for me, I suppose death has always been something that I've understood and accepted. And, and even being around it, like, it's, for me, it's always just been inevitable. It's just like, I, I, I can accept it. It's never really been a heavy thing. Even when my dad was going through cancer and there's a potential that he was going to pass away, all I did with him and for him was like, like help him get to a state, but then also talk to him about like the acceptance of it. And even for myself, like working through the acceptance of it, acceptance of a possibility. Mm. Yeah, that's beautiful, man. And like, as Ron Doss says, he's like, death is just another process. It's like taking an old tight shoe off. Taking off an old tight shoe. And, and allowing yourself to just go back home. Mm. You know? And I used to think that once you died, you just became, you know, a, 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 a body in the ground. Mm. You know? Um, my mum still believes that. And... But since, since seeing God and seeing the universe through, through the eyes of altered state of consciousness, you, you, over and over and over and over and over again, and then, and then feeling, feeling the divine in my life, mm. you, you have to just go, there's, there's this realm that we're in, this is just a, a teaching realm of whatever the karma is that we need to go through. Mm-hmm. So I'm, you know, I'm all for to to be as young as I can, as old as I can, and just fucking live life and and of holding death and understanding death and and being friends with death and and knowing that if I died tomorrow, then that was my that was my that was my per- process. That was my my journey for it. It's the karma. And I don't th- I think it's also as well that a lot of people are actually really afraid of grief because mm. that is that 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 shit just changes you. Um, and it's super powerful. So you're going to, I mean, where there's grief or the potential for grief, which means there is love 
and potential for love. Grief and love are on the same coin. Mm -hmm. And so if somebody passes physically, um, there's going to be grief there because there's, there's versions of yourself that have to die yeah, for to. that yeah. and, as well as them. And to say that if someone close to me was to pass away that I wouldn't grieve, you know, definitely I'd grieve because that's ultimately part of the process. You Absolutely. have to, you know, how can you grieve? Um, and, well, how can you not accept and move on if you don't allow yourself to feel and grieve, you know? Honour honor, honor that aspect, but ultimately move through it, you know? Not allow it to be something that holds you back or allow the story that it shouldn't have been. You know, it's just accepting what is and, and allowing yourself to move through the emotion and the process of it. Mm. It's, and then, and then having grief for your own deaths as well. Totally. <laughs> totally. And, and that's, honestly, like, that's one of the biggest things I see is like the, the resistance of, a, of an ego death or a resistance of, of killing an aspect of yourself is ultimately just the holding on. Yeah. You know, that's the hardest part, holding on to an identity, holding on to what you think should be, holding on to who you think you are. And like, that's why it can be so challenging for some people to move through these past experiences, these identities that they've created around themselves because ultimately they're killing an aspect of themselves or letting an aspect of themselves die away and fall away. And ultimately from that, they don't know who they are without it, mm. you know, because it's a, it's a part of them. It's a story they've created. And who are they without that story is just the same as who are they without that person, mm. you know, because it's ultimately just a person or a version of you. You know, that, that needs to die so that you can rebirth into the next mm. version of yourself in this life. Yeah. Mm. And that's what the work is, I guess, is to just keep moving through your karma. Mm. So when you ultimately do pass, it doesn't all just come at once because here we are with the body to mm. be able to utilize our body as the instrument to move through it. Totally. Yeah. It's a. And even just sitting here talking about it, like, uh, it feels nice to talk about it. Yeah, 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 totally, yeah. totally, totally, and 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 I I enjoy talking about it, even with people. Like you, you can feel the the confrontation around it with other people, but it's like, for me, I I enjoy bringing it up, mm. or like even talking about. It. Like I, I'll talk to my mum, like what's going to happen when Alma passes? Like yeah. how are you going to feel about it? What are you guys going to do? You know, I know it's something that you guys like a, avoid communicating about, but like, what do you want to do? What do you guys want to do? And and what songs do you want to have at your funerals? Yep. You know, I I know the um, that stairway to heaven is what my mum wants to play. Beautiful. And I remember asking that when I was thirteen years old. And nice. I always remember that in my mind. Beautiful. Mm. It's a sad song. It's a sad song, <laughs> but a beautiful song. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. Glad you. What do you reckon your funeral would look like if you could pick it right now? How, how would you want to be celebrated? Mm. Ultimately, I think I'd, I'd want to be cremated. Yep. Um, and then just dropped off in different places. I'd say somewhere either in nature or by the ocean um, because I'm ultimately like I can just carry on that journey. For me, for me, bodies of water are extremely healing and, and, and like help you move through many emotions. So if there was any emotions that I was still holding on to in death, I feel like that could ultimately help me move through that. Mm -hmm. um, when it comes to it, the people in my life, I know how difficult and challenging it is obviously going to be but for me I'd want my death to be just a celebration of my life totally. you know to not be something that you have to mourn um, or something yes that you should mourn but not be feel like something that has to be heavy you know yeah. that, that it feels like there's a loss um, but just a celebration of everything that that I was able to do in this world and able to, to do in this life and I would want the most important um, people in my life to be there and I want them to share 
powerful and positive stories of the of the things that I've done. And something that I that I have reflected on often is like, how do you want to be remembered, yeah. and what do you want people to say to, about you at your funeral? And and for me, that's a beautiful thing to reflect on because it's like, okay, well, how am I going to show up in this life so that when it gets to that time of death, how are people going to going to express yeah. uh, their experiences with me? Mm. Mm. It's a powerful process to, to write your own eulogy. Mm. Oh, yeah. Sit down and, and, and write your own eulogy or get someone who's close to you to write your eulogy. You know, if, like if I came to you and like, Ryan, I actually want you to just like wholeheartedly and truthfully write my eulogy mm. and, and, and see what it says. You know, it's, um, yeah, like I can't even feel like emotional getting there, you know, because mm-hmm. it's like, who do you want to remember? Who's going to turn up to your funeral? Because that's, 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 you know, I think the Western world, we, 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 we've missed the boat on, on celebrating people's lives, the way that funerals are done here now. Mm. And actually allowing people to, to, to process it fully. Yeah. You know, when you, when you have a look at, like, the, the way in which, like, Māori culture um, processes death, it's, it's beautiful because the body is seen for an extended period of time. People are allowed to spend time with it. Mm. It's, it's not just, like, three days, one hour service and gone. Mm. you know um, there's seven days and an ability to sit with it and you know feel into it and have your time and the stories and, and talk and touch and, and see that the physical body is actually you know gone to rest mm. yeah I think mine uh, mine would be the same thing like just a celebration like play some fucking good music you know have have a party you know like and just absolutely celebrate the times that I spent with you and and because every time you remember that that means I'm alive again totally. you know and and that's like anyone every time you remember someone you're creating that energy connection with them yeah for sure so that's why they say they're not really gone they're just you know mm. they're, they're still within you mm. but then you look at the the actuality of of death as well it's like you won't be remembered and six months to maybe six months to the people close to you but a year after that you're a distant memory already yeah, yeah, yeah. you know like yeah. we think that we're going to be remembered like we're not I mean okay take this for example like think about the queen she was like you know the longest reigning monarch woman uh, one of the biggest you know landowners of the entire world she died when 12 months ago maybe who the fuck remembers her mm. you know and she was a prestigious person okay. and you think that us in our lives you know who, if you know, isn't known at every continent within the world. We're not, you know, and and that's not saying that to be in a negative aspect. I'm saying it as a positive aspect. No, where live your life. Go and in, fucking in do what you want to do. Totally. Because it's not going to be remembered. Hundred percent. Don't let anything hold you back from living the life that you want to live. Yeah. Ultimately, you're going to die, and ultimately, the people that you were afraid of stepping in front of or stepping on or stepping over or moving through or the ones that you're fearful that may communicate in a negative way because you succeed in something um, ultimately they're going to they're going to forget you anyway totally mm. and that that's the reality that's powerful. <laughs> it's that's powerful because who really gives a fuck totally no one yeah, yeah. you want to get to that level of zero fucks given mm. start holding that process into your mind mm. each day totally you know i wake up and i see my big hand drawer that says memento mori, remember you will die. Mm. Literally every morning, it's right next to the picture of my daughter and I see her and I see that. And I see my three gratitudes and then I get out of bed. Totally. This is a little stark reminder every day. 
So it's like, play big, have those conversations, and you know, do the things you want to do. Totally. You know, don't be a dick. <laughs> you write that next to a mente more. Yeah. So that's that's where uh, that's where my my understanding of death came from, and and then obviously through all, all rebirthing and and all of that. I mean, I've had a, I've been in a couple of funerals through ayahuasca journeys. Um, actually, that latest one that we did, I, I went through a bit of a funeral there, mm. and just just was in it and, and sat with it. And, um, but yeah, I think there's more to more that can be completed in our life if we accept it. Accept it. Yeah, that's that's perfect, yeah, right? You accept it as an inevitability, but don't let it hold you back. Yeah. You know, allow it to be a motivator. Allow it to be something that instigates change within yourself, whether it's a physical death or whether it's a whether it's an emotional death mm. or, or a killing of the aspect of self. Because you know, ultimately, if you know that if you can accept the fact that one day um, we're all going to die, but you don't let that be a heavy burden on yourself, and you accept the fact that the goal in this life is to have many deaths before the physical one then you're going to accept change as being a constant you know you're never going to resist when when something shifts you're just going to accept that as an inevitability and mm. understand that it's the purpose of why we're here you mm. know this it's like this is a truth that i've learned before uh, so that's a, a, ultimately why it was so easy for me to pick up um, mm. because i didn't have to learn everything it was simply just about remembering yeah um even when it comes to the breath you know and rebirthing and and even when it comes to um like kinesiology when i learned kinesiology i was like I've, I've worked in this aspect before you know i don't know all of the meridians but when i like feel into someone i can feel the different aspects that are going on and that ultimately just translates through um working working with clients yeah. you know because it's not something that i've had to learn or like it's it's just simply been something I've remembered. Yeah, mm. yeah, beautiful man. I reckon. Uh, you know those eco sacks? Have you seen those eco death sacks? No. So it's like a, it's an eco sack. It's oh like yeah, a, yeah. It goes a tree, right? Put into that, and yeah. you can just get planted and put a tree on front. I reckon that would be something I'd be. Well, that'd be nice. Keen. What sort of tree would you want to be? Hmm. San Pedro. San Pedro cactus. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Fuck, imagine sitting with that. Oh, <coughs> yeah. Just like over 20 years, just grows up and, and then I'm brewed down into beautiful medicine. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah, well, there's an option. Something like an oak tree or something like that that will just be around for 100 and 150 years and mm. just be nice and big and strong and, mm. and people can climb it and play it and come and sit with me. Mm. That'd be quite cool. Just mm. transversing my my body atoms into the atoms of a tree. Mm -hmm. That would be uh, that would be quite cool. I think. Mm. I feel like if you get cremated, you're burning up into the atmosphere. Is that good, bad, or otherwise? Well, I don't know. I think I would just rather be in the earth. Yeah, yeah. I'm very of the earth. Yeah, yeah. Where's my dosha? Dosha. Yeah. Mm. Well, in India. What they do is they, they burn the bodies by the river Ganga. And then so every night when the when the river levels come higher, because once the bodies are burned and all the ashes are there, they ultimately put it just below. Um, or they put it onto where the, where the first casts yeah. are. And uh, those all of those ashes just essentially go into the Ganga. And mm. it's carried all through India. Yeah, it's quite cool, eh? Mm. 
people are bathing in there every single day, just right downstream. It's really interesting to see. Yeah. Because they're just bathing in death. Mm. And, and, and like, I suppose when you have a look at Hindu tradition, like that's like the ultimate acceptance of, of death because the process is like seven days. And they embalm, they embalm them and, and travel them from all over India. And it can, like some can take like two weeks. Wow. Um, so they wrap, like wrap them in like seven sheets of cloth, and every sheet has a has a different um, like essence or herb um, that essentially helps with the embalming process. And then they just get stacked up on a fire, and the family just watch, watches the body burn. Mm. And um, actually, when I was in India, I actually had an opportunity to to literally stand where the first cast fire was, just a meter wow. away. And not a lot of people are actually like being uh, sort of offered the opportunity to do that but um, when me and my partner at the time were traveling through India um, we essentially um, when we were in uh, Varanasi which is where where they do it um, we had a guide for like the seven days and we were just sitting up there one day and, and he actually all of his brothers and stuff used to do the embalming and his, his brothers used to be the ones that were chucking all the fires on there um, for like the first cast and we were like just sitting up there smoking a joint and he was like do you want to go down and I was like definitely mm. and so I was like hi just sitting up there and I was like just walking through and you just see all the dead bodies you see you know all the different layers burning off you can see their hands and feet and everything like that and I was just literally standing there and, and a, the, a foot of the body just like fell off and fell in front of me and they just picked it back up and chucked it back onto the fire. Yeah. And like all throughout the ceremony, they're just constantly doing different prayers to help all the bodies mm -hmm. and, and help all the souls move through. Beautiful. Mm. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot there's, you can learn about various different people's death processes. Mm. Um, there's actually, what was it called? There's that, that documentary done by the Kiwi guy on Netflix. Um, it's called Dark Tourism or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he basically goes around the world into like different, well, not the whole thing, but some of them. He goes into like different processes, what they do with their their dead bodies, and throughout South South America and Africa and um, and all that. And there's just some uh, some really interesting, like centuries old processes. I mean, you look at like the Egyptians and things as well, like how they saw death and and all of that. It's yeah, you know, we've just forgotten it. We've we've gone into an amnesia mm. of of what it is and and the energy process of that. I mean, you think about even the Vikings and things like that. You know, like they so obviously they had their hierarchical levels. If you if you're a little bit more up, you're going to get a, a better burial. But there was still the same kind of paganistic rituals, I guess, mm. that went through it, and it helps you know them release their spirit into whatever realm that they believe that they're moving into, and it helps. The living person be able to grieve and mourn and feel that and, mm. and still feel connected with it. Um, yeah, I just think we missed the boat on getting everybody into a building and being all quiet and saying a few things and moving on and then going out the back for cupcakes and tea. But uh, yeah, it's not for me. Not for me either. <laughs> but if that is for you, then that is for you. Correct. Yeah, ultimately. Mm. Ultimately. But yeah. Death, it's a, it's a powerful thing to be able to just reflect on, to, to be able to just understand and work through and even communicate around, you know. And if there is a fear around it, and even if this conversation has been, like, triggering for you, that's, that's okay. 
yeah. you know, that's good. Um, because if, if you feel like it's triggering for you and you're still feeling through maybe someone in your life that has just recently passed and, and that is triggering for you, ultimately it just means that there's some emotions that still need to move through. Um, there's some grief that still needs to be moved through. Um, and, and just giving your time and yourself some space to ultimately process that. Yeah, yep, very much so. And there's, there's, and there's heaps of lessons in, in learning to feel as well through mm. death. Death can, death of someone in your life can can really change a course of your life. Totally. You can really utilize that. It helps you remember that life is short. Yeah, absolutely. You might, you might you might not have had the conversation you wanted to have with a with yeah. a certain person before they're gone, but yeah. because they're gone, it doesn't mean that you can't actually close that book and have that conversation. Yeah. You know, I, I speak to my grandma all the time. Yeah, she, I feel her just dropping. Yep. And I'll just have a conversation. You know, she's dropped in multiple times in ayahuasca ceremonies and just reminded me to look after my dad a little bit more and check yeah. in with him a little bit more and and uh, you know, um, ultimately even just move through some of the traumas that my granddad had. You know, I think we spoke about it on that ayahuasca podcast Did, yeah. of that of that process that I went into to sort of shift that uh, that uh, lineage grief. Yeah, that lineage grief from yeah. from the trauma of uh, when he was in war. Yeah. I saw it really, saw it really prominently in my dad when he um, got remarried. And my stepmom, she passed away uh, six years ago, six or seven years ago now, uh, from cancer. And um, you know, they had a beautiful family, and and uh, they were just a, an amazing couple. And she was like another mum to me. And um, and watching him go through that process, like I remember I was, I was helping carry her, her casket out and dad was to my left and, and um, I remember just looking over at him and he just, he was just so strong, like he wasn't crying, you know, like he, he, he moved through the process but he did it really in a nice timely, slowly fashion, like he didn't, he didn't meet another person until like five years later, four years later, like he really gave himself time to process. But it was really good to, it was beautiful to witness the change in him as well. Like he really started to, over the years, just start doing more things for him and doing what it was. And, and it was really nice to see that metastasize in his life, that, that he had this beautiful love um, and, you know, he ultimately got widowed. But, you know, he, he took the time to move through it and, and to get the support he needed and, and, and the things that he was doing in his life, he ended up just being like, yeah, I'm going to do it for me. And, and some of the, her quotes and things, like she was quite spiritual. And, and so some of those things just stuck with him. And, and it was really beautiful just to see that, that he had alchemized um, her death into, into more of the life that he wanted to lead. And, um, and I think he's in the best spot you know, he's ever been in his life now. Mm. But he had to go through all of that, and it was a process for him. Mm. Beautiful. Mm. It is beautiful. So you can use it as your process. Yeah, totally. And, and as you say, like it, it took a few years, and everyone's going to process grief differently. And we're not saying you need to go through it or move move through it fast, or there has to be a specific way, or it has to be easy. No, no, no. Everyone's going to ultimately move through it in, in their own time and through their own journey, um, and ultimately take their own lessons for it. And it's like, and if you feel like you can get, like, if it is just really challenging for you to let go, then just keep. Moving through the process, keep moving through the emotions. It's um, yeah, it's it merely is just another process. Mm. And the same thing can be said for like death of relationships, mm. death of jobs, okay. death of where you live. You know, you that you take these things because they all are deaths in our life. Sure. 
it's you know it's not just because one person has stopped breathing and that's why we call it rebirth and breath work right because you're ultimately going in, into every um every session you're killing an aspect of yourself and ultimately rebirthing mm. you know you go and go into a session and you, and you release an aspect of yourself you kill an aspect of yourself and you you, you leave a session as a new person yep mm. or the same person With but, in a but in a different way yeah, yeah. And this is what I say to clients, and you'll do the same. Like the next few days, like you're going to be open. You're going to feel some grief of some things that you moved through. Mm-hmm. So you, you know your your emotional capacity might be up or down a little bit more, and and that can be the same. Like it doesn't make you tough that you don't feel sad or grief because you might have lost a job or you might have you know had to move out of a house that you really loved or you know the a relationship ended that that you know you deeply love the other person it doesn't mean that you stop loving or you stop caring or you you know all of that it just means that you're going to have to feel some grief and and where grief is which means love was and the deeper the grief means the deeper the love i guess totally and so just being able to move and sit with that um, and feeling the things that need to be felt and then what can you do you can implement that into your life and go yeah Mm. Change is constant, death is constant, the physical death is is going to happen at some point, so how can I just be here right now, how can I use that process to to create and build the life that I want? Totally, and how can I use that process to to help other people just on their own journey home? Yeah, yeah, that's it. And I think we're more in the world now of, of... like zombies, right? You know, as our teachers say, for most people, first they die, then they get sick, then they stop breathing. Mm. I think that's what the awakening is, right? The awakening is actually the 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 waking up, the the being reborn, the being rebirthed. I mean, in Christianity, they've got it, you know, being a reborn Christian, and and various other uh, religions, it's, it's it's a rebirthing, it's an awakening of of the of the, the conscious self. Um, but there's plenty of zombies walking around at the moment. Oh. <laughs> you know, we all need some, there's a lot more zombies that just need a little bit of a, a little bit more death in their life so they can be reborn and, and, and live. Yeah. 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 Ultimately, ultimately. It's a paradox. Mm. It is, it's an ultimate paradox because it's, it's, the navigation of it will be different for every single person and, and it, it might, you know, it, it might take your whole life to to realize that you haven't been living. Oof. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully we don't wish that for you. <laughs> no. And hopefully, this is a stark reminder to allow yourself to, to live because it's like, you know, there's, there's always that old adage like when they have a conversation with people that are dying, like, what was their biggest regret? And, and always around, like, I wish I just went for what I actually wanted in my life. Yeah. I had a conversation with my stepmom when she was on her deathbed. And like the cancer really started to to really you know get into her and riddle her and and her and dad had moved to this beautiful house like on top of this hill and like the room that she was in she could have like had this beautiful view looking out to the mountain and the ocean and things um, and I was still living in Perth at the time and and I came over and with my daughter Bella and and her mum and yeah stayed for about a week and she got to meet Bella which was beautiful but I had this one on one time with her everyone was outside and I just went and sat next to her. In, in her bed and I grabbed her hand and, and I was just having this really beautiful moment with somebody who was dying 
and she hadn't taken a morphine, so she was quite um, she was quite cognitive at this point. And and I did it, and I I worked, I, I, I found the courage to ask her the question of like, now you know what's going to happen. What is it in your life that that you see as the most important? And her answer was really simple. She goes, it's family and friends. Mm. She goes, more time with family, more time with friends. Mm. She goes, everything else, sitting here now, knowing that, you know, the time is very near, okay. that that's all, that's all I would have, that's all I would pass on as information and wish for more, for mm. people to know. Mm. Totally, brother. Mm. It's a beautiful journey. That's it. So, hug your family, hug your friends, tell them all you love them. For sure, and and then just pursue what you want in life, ultimately, because there's there's a moment, there's a point where the physical death will will happen inevitably, yeah. you know. And then what do you uh, what do you is it you want to be leaving behind? Do you want to be leaving behind positive memories? Do you want to be leaving behind regrets of things that you haven't done, or conversations that you haven't had, or the the I wishes, mm-hmm. you know? There's a great quote it says. Um, I stare at death, and death stares right back at me with a smile. Beautiful. Mm. <laughs> so go and die with a big smile on your face. <laughs> Enter the gates of Valhalla. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so look, if, you, if you've been ticking along and, and you've, you're still stuck in there with us, we appreciate it. Uh, it's always a big subject. But I hope we gave it some some respect and some and some grace and and just maybe it took you to a, a way of thinking about it in a different way and, and how you could alchemize that into your life for a positive and not be afraid of something because um, we're all we're all addicted to death mm. but yet most of us are all fearful of it mm-hmm. so if you're if you're fearful of your own addiction then you're going to completely avoid it aren't you and for sure. what are you going to start calling into your life. More death. More death. We're going to eat ourselves to death more than we've ever done in our life. We overdose on our pharmaceuticals more than we've ever done in our entire life. We, uh, we, we stress ourselves to death more than we ever have in our entire lives. So let's just start bringing that death in, team, and start, uh, start just building the life without the stress and the overeating and, and the arguments and, and all of that. And if they need to be done, let's do them consciously mm. because at the end of the day, you're not going to be remembered anyways. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. We love you guys. Talk to you next week. See you later, everybody. Sure.